The Overview is a production of Chaman V TV. Find out more about the show at chamanv.tv. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 97 of The Overview. I'm Chamman V, and we are not dead. <laughs> A lot of people thought we were, at least. But no, we are still officially doing The Overview, and we're happy to be back. Fishix is here, of course. What's up, Ben? Hey, uh, and thank you to everyone in my rank games who says, where's The Overview, man? I miss it. Uh, that's been creeping into my soul, and like I've felt guiltier and guiltier every single time <laughs> you say that. So here we are. Uh, so much has happened since we have had an episode of the overview. It's been, I think, actually probably more than two months now, or months. at least I a think month it's been three months. Three months. Yeah. Oh God, we're so bad. Yeah. But we're back. You know, we had the London Spitfire season one champions. Hammond is here. We've got huge balance changes to talk about. Overwatch World Cup just started last night, and we've got some guests here to cover all of that. Speaking of guests. Job. These both these guys first timers, I believe. I don't think we've had That's Rod right. or Jane on here, so um, yeah, welcome to the show, guys. It's probably been long overdue. <laughs> like you guys have definitely been people I've been thinking about having on the show. So finally, having you guys on is going to be a great time. Uh, oh man, Rod's about to say something. <laughs> Rod, my you want to introduce yourself <laughs> to be here, Chris? <laughs> awesome. Um, Awesome. You know, I've ne I've not gotten the opportunity to come on oh, to your show yeah. and tell you how much I like it oh, and I love God. it, and I'm really excited to be here. Sweet. Okay, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm not yeah. much of a podcast viewer, so I must admit that I've not actually watched the overview before. But I appreciate like the invite regardless, and looking forward to it. Damn, awesome. fucking Jane throwing more shade than me. <laughs> I thought Rod was going to throw Unintentionally. You know what? I've just never watched the show. It's the truth. <laughs> Any 100 of the 73 episodes you've done of the show, but I'm glad. <laughs> oh, man. It's okay, Jane. You know, you're, you're a little bit newer to the scene than, you know, us old guys. So, you know, it's okay. We, we, you want to actually just introduce yourself for viewers who might not know who you are? Yeah, for sure. You know, I haven't been... I've kind of been, people might have found me on Twitch in the last couple of months, but before mm -hmm. that, I was kind of invisible. Uh, right now, I'm the head coach for Team Canada. I was just picked up as to be the assistant coach for Dallas Fuel going into season two. But again, most people are going to know me just from uh, doing educational stuff on Twitch and YouTube. So hello, friends. If, you, if we've never met. You're a big streamer now, dude. Like, like I, you're being, I look at I you being humble and stuff. The big streamers these days, but yeah. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> hard work pays off exactly exactly all right well you know ben mentioned it today we're gonna try to cover there's a bunch of stuff going on we're not gonna obviously make up for the three months we we missed but we'll try to at least cover what's going on right now all right starting with the overwatch league playoffs let's <laughs> oh, go match no by match way oh my god yeah, yeah so world cup obviously started the, yesterday a lot happened even just in the first day uh, we got All Star Weekend coming up next weekend, and uh, news-wise, we've got a few big news. I'm sure Rod's gonna maybe have some insight here on some OWL stuff, so um, you know we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, but World Cup, all right. How many of you guys watched it first? Because it was super late at night. You know the the hours, obviously, being in Korea is really rough on us over here. So who watched all the matches first? I I, 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 I watched as much as I could last night, right. and then I caught up. Uh, on what I couldn't this morning. So I, I'm fully caught up. 
Okay. Haven't okay. seen anything. Yeah. I've seen actually zero games <laughs> okay. of the World Cup. So far. Really to, might have to take a break on this segment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this this group uh, obviously is the Korean group. Let me just show the group real quick, and then we can. Well, it's a little bit of spoilers for folks. So look away, <laughs> look away real quick if you guys don't want spoilers. But um, you know, this is the group that has Russia, South Korea, Finland, Japan, Chinese Taipei, and Hong Kong in it. And uh, they played quite a few matches last night. We still got another, I think, is it a one day's worth? Or is it just two days? I forget if the, the um, yeah, so it's just two days, right? The, the, uh, the actual groups. So we've got another uh, full day of groups coming up here tonight, I believe, starting uh, at 9.45 yeah, Pacific. Two more, two more days of is matches. two more days or here, just one here, more day? Yeah. yeah, two more days. It's two more days, yeah. 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 So, um, but anyways, the first day was like full of, I mean, there was a lot to talk about in the first day. So, uh, I kind of want to start with you, Ben, like what, what, what was the highlight for you, uh, in, you know, just the matches that you saw so far? Uh, I think for a lot of people, we're, we're really interested to see how the meta is changing now with Hammond in play. I think it's important to remind viewers and listeners before we talk about it, actually, though, that this is on the Hammond patch, so Wrecking Ball is in. However, this is not the support patch, so all of the changes that we saw to support heroes are not in, including the Zarya change as well. So it's not on the most recent patch, but pretty damn close to it. So it, it was interesting to watch the meta throughout day one of the of the Overwatch World Cup uh, from Seoul, because we saw some things that we have not seen very much of recently. We saw a lot of Genji played, which was actually a huge surprise to me. Um, we saw some goats played, but less than you know, less than probably we would have if that support, if those support changes has had gone in. Um, and again, just the thing that I love the most about the Overwatch World Cup is that it showcases talent that you would never usually get a chance to watch. Obviously, we have contenders running in many, many regions, but not everyone's going to tune into the Pacific contenders region very often. So it was really, really cool to see some standout talent. Of course, guys like Depp on Team Japan, a lot of people were talking about him, but I think there were some other names that were even more under the radar, I thought Shaolin from, from Chinese Taipei really, really surprised me as a, as a standout player. So, uh, you know, the meta was awesome. We got to see a lot of really cool uh, showcases of players that probably yeah. most of us hadn't seen yet. Uh, and, and then, of course, fi uh, finishing out the night with Finland versus Korea uh, being probably one of the more memorable best, memorable best of fives that we've seen in a long time. It, it was actually a really fun night. We got the Spec Mue like meme too, which started, which was really, really yeah. nice. Yeah, <laughs> Jane, how about you? I'm getting credit for that one. <laughs> right. I, that, I was doing a watch party last night, and and I was like, wow, you know, Mue. Even in losing fights, Mue's picking up one or two. I was like, <laughs> right. I want you to go into the main chat and just spam Spec Mue Baby Rage, and then that took off. And then Team. Oh, Hong it's your fault. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna claim that one. But Team Hong Kong, their Twitter tweeted out Spec Mue Baby Rage after that. And then Alchemizer, the Observer, was like, okay, fine. And then they actually started specking him. <laughs> so the meme actually paid off. And we got to spec him clicking some heads and whatnot. You know, he won some duels against mistakes. He was mm -hmm. playing really well. You know, he was showing up and probably the reason they were winning as many fights as they did. Yep. And then even when uh, uh, their team was losing, he was still finding a couple heads on the way down. So, no, he was definitely the standout. And apparently, so he plays for Hong Kong Attitude. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. But he's the coach. Oh. For Hong Kong attitude. He's not a player. He's the coach. <laughs> so wow. that made it just even a little bit more entertaining to watch that man frag out. It was it was a pleasurable evening. 
Jane, as someone that's a coach of the current Canada team, I'm sure you've been, you know, grinding out a lot of scrims with the team, thinking about the current meta. Did anything about the the meta and the and the and the picks uh, and the hero selections surprise you, or is this what yeah. you were expecting all night? Like, because we've been prepping for uh, our group stage, which is happening September seventh to the ninth, so that's two weekends away from now, um, and. I was looking at this, I was like, what? I haven't seen this in scrims at all. Like the double snipers, especially mm-hmm. uh, the amount of double sniper that we're still seeing. Now, admittedly, why would you not expect that still to happen? At least if the World Cup, because I'm looking through some of the games now, and this is pre the support changes. So Mercy and Zen, a lot of the time, are still going to be in there a lot of the time, which enables that. That double sniper stuff. It just seems to me from off the surface of the, the patch, not the support change is not going through that that would still be in for sure. Yeah, regional metas certainly develop, but uh, you know, in North America, they are really kind of favoring how much the infinite stealth of Sombra gives you a lot of scouting and intel between rounds. Europeans just seem to love tanks. It's kind of like something that they are very proud about now. And then there's, you know, uh, Probably Contenders China was one of the regions that had the most Genji, even before we are seeing it you know, more and more in the group stages here. But especially with um, you know snipers going out of favor, they're getting nerfed. We're having the support changes as well. Um, I wouldn't have expected teams to be putting so much effort into a composition that you know it's certainly strong, but it's not you know unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. It's not like Widow got any worse going forward. I uh, heard the grapples being reduced for 1.27 patch, and that's the one we're already prepping for. Like they're on 1.26, but uh, you know, other teams they're going to be already looking forward, especially the larger teams like South Korea. And if we are looking like Hammond's in, so uh, we also saw a surprisingly little amount of Hammond, uh, very very little. You know, I think Fate was the only one who really showed up and did anything interesting on him this evening. When a lot of the other uh, regions, you know, are experimenting with different variations on him, we've seen kind of like triple DPS solo Hammond compositions. We've seen triple tank dive compositions. And any of the, like, the really interesting experimental stuff that I've been seeing in scrims and other regions or whatnot just didn't show up. And instead, we saw quite a bit of double sniper, uh, which has fallen quite out of favor since dive has become a lot more strong. Well, to, to, Rod's, to Rod's point, um, I mean, you got to win now, right? Yeah, you <laughs> know what I mean? True. So, I mean, this experimenting and preparing when, uh, for maybe later, yeah. it's like, you know, I, I would think that. Well, how much time do you guys have between like this group stages and, and the next one for you? Yeah, to well, have to when does the patch hit? When, when does the next yeah. patch yeah. go through? Uh, so one point two seven is live right now, but we don't know what for the World Cup. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. So the World Cup, this group stage is on one point two six. The right. next group stage match is two weekends away because All Stars is next weekend, and the week after that is mm, the group okay. stage. There. Um, but we don't actually know technically. Uh, what patch that the that's uh, a standard uh, blizzard approach to things. I mean, I, I assumed when they it's said not like there's official matches going on or anything, you know, I get the three. The three you know, matter, we're, I guess. Assuming 1.27, but uh, you know, if we if we do actually have to play in Los Angeles at 1.26, we're going to have to adjust pretty, you know, pretty rapidly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So, <laughs> so I, can't, I, mean, I would you can't assume even the, the immediate 1.26, right? Yeah. You, you're you have there's, to play on the live servers. 1.26 if we needed to. Mm-hmm. It's not on live, but if we needed 1.26, I think OPR is there. You got oh, the okay. excuses ready to go <laughs> for your for your first group stage. Hey, you know what? We thought we had to practice this other patch. Blizzard didn't tell us any details, as usual. Yeah. And then we didn't know what to do. We I come into the game, we had different strats. One at a time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just, you know, like, 
a lot of people, there's different, you know, everyone's trying to figure out how to play Hammond, whether it's adding it in as a third tank into dive, whether you're subbing one of your tanks out or the Brigida out for a GOATS variant, you know, whether you're, some people are playing as main tank, some people are playing off tank. And one of the roles that she, like the, the Hammond can serve is basically as a Brigida, more or less with vertical mobility, right? Get right up in the face of these snipers and these hit scans and just bully them, you know? So that uh, is also one of the things, like Hammond is another kind of, you know, pressure against running snipers but we saw a lot of double sniper and we didn't see a lot of hammond we didn't see a lot of these new variants on dive and all of those are viable in 1.26 they get stronger in 1.27 so i was just very surprised at the lack of variation in compositions and lack of kind of innovation uh during this group stage it's kind of disappointing i, I don't know i just think until the new patch hits you're going to see the same yeah that's what i would the, yeah. the same stuff like <laughs> i really think that you're, you're going to have relatively the same comps a little bit more lucio more uh, it seems like but other than that i think you're going to find the los angeles group stage very fascinating to watch. Yeah, that's good i want all the group stages to be a lot different that's gonna that's one of the cool parts about world cup well, I mean, oh, they've needed to make these changes for a long time. The game has been in a in a state of, I mean, people can say they've liked it. And I actually, like, as, like, someone who plays the game, especially as, like, a Zen main, I've loved the last year and a half or whatever <laughs> it's been right. of being, like, the most dominant hero uh, on the field at all times. Like, it, it is fun, and I do like, like, that type of style. But you've had, like, three or four heroes that have dominated every every map for what feels like a year or two besides a few here and there. And now finally things are going to change enough where different, it's really based on the support Rue, The whole game yep. for the most part has been based on the supports lately and diva being fucking ridiculous as a stupid, stupid freaking hero. So diva being ridiculous. And then a few things like supports and tracer and yada, yada have made the game really weird. But now that the supports are changed enough and they've made pretty solid changes to Hanzo widow, um. Yeah, we're seeing the change. Yeah, we're definitely seeing yeah. a, like a a big move, and I think this support change is going to create a lot of flux, right? In in terms of what what the meta is going to settle into. Uh, Ben, what, what it's about time? Yeah, Ben, what do you think of Rialto? Like, what do you think about those games? Like, is that is that actually a good map to watch? In your opinion, I, I don't I don't know. I don't think it's too bad. I think. The big question in my mind, and uh, we have a section later in the show to t drill into this a little bit more, but the big question for me is once that next patch hits, once all the supports are buffed and Mercy is nerfed and all these other you know, smaller changes happen, you know, nerfs to the, the snipers, are we going to see GOATs like 80% of the time, 100% of the time, 50% of the time? I, I, I don't know the answer yet. Uh, you know, GOATs has been such a nascent new strategy that's really only come up with, you know, been invented within the last, you know, two months and only really been good with the current, you know, the current 1.27 patch. Is that meta going to be too strong? And, you know, maps like Rialto, where it's much tighter, even more so favor that type of strategy. Um, we, we saw lots of counterplay, specifically, in my opinion, seem to be targeted against GOATs. A lot more Farah and, and, and Junkrat uh, ha have come into play as like a, a means of countering that GOAT strategy. But I'm super curious because I think the, the strength of GOATs definitely changes how you're going to see maps like King's Row and Rialto played. 
Um, I don't think Rialto is too bad. I mean, there was actually a post from Jeff Kaplan, I think, one or two days ago, saying that the attack rate, the, the win rate on so attack 40%. is pretty low on Rialto. It's 40%. So they're actually, it's yeah, crazy. it's like 40% or something. So they're actually going to be uh, changing Rialto at some point in the near future. So, yeah, that first point can be pretty hard to get through. Uh, but I, I don't think the map is inherently bad. I like having more close-order maps. Are we, like, in some type of Twilight Zone where I think this is actually one of their better maps? Really? And I think, like, okay. Blizzard World are, like, what is going on here? And, like, the Salt <laughs> as an entire genre of maps are still awful that, yeah, Rialto's solid. I actually don't have, really have as many concerns or complaints yeah. about this compared to, like... Even Blizzard World, I think, is awful. Just, I hate it. I don't, I don't think it's nearly as good as I'm not Rialto. a huge fan of Blizzard World either, but Rialto is Every Assault map is still a pain to play <laughs> that's not watching oh, yeah, Overwatch. I disagree with you there, but... Jane, how, what's your take? What's your take on, I guess, the, the whole GOATS discussion here? Is, it, is that just oh. going to become, you know, quad tank, you know, type of thing? You just Or at least error, where we just have the same overpowered meta... That dominates for months and months. So goats is kind of referring to that three three, right? Like yep. with the brick. Mm -hmm. yeah. But there yeah. are, especially, you know, we're seeing it. If you were watching kind of the European contenders, there, uh, we're seeing teams coming up with different variants on goats. Right. And it's not trying to. It's not this static. It's not the same three heroes every yeah, time. And true. especially with the buffs. Mm -hmm. You know, when we were looking at the European uh, contenders semifinals, for example, teams when they ended up in this mirror match against other goats comps you know if they lost or anything at the earliest convenience they'd actually be swapping out their moira for a zenyatta or something like this and then we even saw it with team finland where they're kind of dropping their brigida for a roadhog in situations or they are running on a goats or something like that and there's been variants for example mvp space or was it gc busan one of the two um you know they're running things like reinhardt and winston goats so there's a lot of these different variants on the three three coming into play and I think the tanks themselves, there's nothing changing how strong they are, as well as kind of like the play style behind them. It's kind of forcing the opponent to make a maneuver or, you know, engage on you in a, at a period of time where they haven't yet found an opportunity, and then you can capitalize on that. So that whole kind of like play style uh, hasn't existed really. You know, Pacific, I think, was actually, they ran it at one point in time with like five tanks and one Lucio. But uh, I don't think Goats is going away anytime soon. However, I mean yeah, because Ghosts is based on Forget being a broken in a broken state. And I, I mean, honestly, with all the changes coming up, I don't know really how much that is going to change. Stuns are still really good in this game, and having her in your lineup in general is still really good. Now, she does work best, it seems like, with Mercy Zen. I don't know how it's going to be as much with... Um, I mean, it also is really good with, with Lucia Moira. So maybe she will just exists forever and that's what's going to enable this entire composition of yeah but of even style like finland more than once during the game against south korea ran slambulance which is four tanks <laughs> lucio moira yep. so they specifically traded out their brigida for the roadhog you know so we're seeing variations of this without the brigida even though brigida was what initially kind of enabled this composition to exist you know people are learning and adapting to the play style that that composition demanded and finding little different ways to min-max it and exploit it. And I think Team Finland is especially the team to watch for really high-level and innovative tank play. You know, people are going to laugh at me calling tank play innovative, but I think that Finland is kind of mm -hmm. pushing the boundaries of what you can do with the tank-based composition. It is also the same way of thinking that all the teams have run single support and they replace the end with the Roadhog. 
And I think you're still going to be able to do that in, in, you know, in the same way. You know, I, I noticed while watching that how big a difference the Mercy healing throughput uh, nerf uh, makes because we were watching like Genjis or Widowmakers play in these dangerous situations and just get healed right back up. I know it's only been like a week <laughs> of the new support changes being in the game, but I, I like already forgot how insanely strong Mercy healing was but it very very much reminded watching the games last night i think the only really time you're going to be seeing mercy going into 1.27 is when you need to very specifically um affect somebody's damage breakpoint or their ultimate generation you know you'll be using it of course with faras as well but that's you could argue that's basically ultimate generation but you know the who was it who got the like the gibraltar strategy in overwatch league stage whatever it was where they just go in they put everything into their genji hard pocket him so he can go in and just get his blade before the Zenyatta gets his trance and then instantly win the first fight. You know, strategies like that are still around. It's going to be even more important when you're banking on these big ultimates like Barrage to be the main counter to tank heavy compositions. But, uh, you know, outside of that, uh, yeah, we're going to see, especially against Dive, um, Mercy is way less of a support because she can't keep things alive even against a solo instant. So, I mean, um, it also still depends on if people want to still run Zen, it's still the easiest way to keep Zen alive in the back line. Um, it's probably also going to be map dependent. Maybe we'll snipers will continue to be on things like Gibraltar or Horizon or whatever. And then if you're more than likely going to see Mercy with the Hanzo or, or Widow. So we'll probably still see... I mean, the, the best thing for the game is if compositions would be more mm -hmm. map dependent than what, they, what it has been, which is like kind of but not really because a few comps have dominated the game for the last three years or two and a half years at any one point. And we're getting, I think, to the best stage of where we'll see a number of different things, I hope. Yeah, it could yeah. just turn into complete well, disaster again, as usual, because it always does. So don't get your hopes up too high. <laughs> I mean, it's a good and bad thing. It's like really good to have like a very settled meta just because you know, you're starting to see this, the same things over and over, and then you really see the skill of each player, you know, re really shine, and you can measure upon the skill against each other. Whenever things are just changing constantly, it, it's a lot harder to put a finger on that. And, um, you know, the cool part about that is just strategically ends up being very, very fascinating because then you can actually game plan and, and that actually have a huge impact on the results. So, I don't know. We've seen a lot of the, the prior, so I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, just a lot of di different type of compositions like we, we've at least seen uh, in day one of the World Cup. Uh, but talking about day one of the World Cup and at the end of it, obviously South Korea being the huge favorite, being at home for the first time, you know, actually getting a chance to, to play one of these groups at home, uh, obviously was a big storyline. The crowd was obviously amazing, as always, in South Korea. Uh, but looking at the team's results, I mean, they actually lost two maps last night, which is like the amount they lost almost all the World Cup last year. So, of course, the the uh, the topic of whether Korea is beatable this year has come up, and Finland pushed them to the very end. I mean, literally tiebreaker, and to be honest, Korea pulled out some, like, an amazing, amazing comeback at the very end to even take that that tiebreaker. So, um, yeah, I mean, are they are they very beatable this year? I guess that's the question to pose. Jane? Well, if you're asking me, I'm going to say yes, because well, I think yeah. Team Finland can beat them. I <laughs> yeah, think Team has got the ability to beat them, and I mm -hmm. thought Team Finland could take it. I, I, You know, Team Finland, were, I just mentioned it, how I think they're, you know, right on the cutting edge of tank play, and I thought that if they could force South Korea into these tank-favored mm -hmm. uh, matchups and whatnot, that they could take the entire map, and they almost did it. 
So, you know, Fate's obviously going to get better at Hammond. He was already doing some really interesting things. We saw some Doomfist coming out from Carpe that was really effective. You know, people are going to be getting better at countering these tank compositions, but Finland's also going to be getting better at them. And they are not easy things to get rid of. So Finland is confident in their play. You know, they've got a great coach behind them. I think there's, you know, three teams right now in the World Cup that can take them out. Canada, USA, and Finland. Could, all are out for blood. Rod? Uh, you know, Finland's a good team. They have Overwatch League player. They've all on their team. They're, yeah, I mean, they're, they all know how to play Overwatch. They played with each other for a very long time. They played with each other on the Overwatch World Cup. Uh, they know each other from other games. So they have cohesion to be a very good team and to play their roles very well. And they're always going to be a solid team in, the, in this World Cup to give uh, this Korean team a good run. No, this was Finland's chance to take a win. <laughs> it was the first match of the World Cup. All the Korean players are just getting there. And of course, they're back home, but they have a little bit of like, you know, probably a little bit of jitters of playing in front of the home t uh, home crowd and being able to, to win games. So the first game is when really Finland had the opportunity to win and they still can't close it out. Now Korea is just going to be better and better as the tournament goes on. So really, this is a missed opportunity from Finland. It's more so their failure to to try to grab a win when they really could in this situation. Now, Korea, I still think is going to win it all. Uh, definitely, as you saw my tweets and as I predicted beforehand, it's kind of uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know, and really, it's controversial. Just an inevitability <laughs> until the, the very end. Now, I will say though that there are some problems because in in hindsight, when you whoever was voting and picking for you know, or at mm -hmm. least picking the, the teams, uh. Maybe if this was after the finals, the team would look entirely different for what the Korean roster ended up being, especially considering I think that, you know, people kind of felt like New York was going to win and they were the best team and now everything's have changed. Now you have a mostly New York roster, which definitely helps because of they know how to put the to play together, but it might not be the best players that you could pick, especially considering the meta. So I really think if this, there was any of the years that Korea shouldn't win of the last three, this is definitely the one. This is definitely the one where a number of other teams have an opportunity uh, to, to win more than 2016-2017. By the way, I, tangent, but is how amazing is it that Finland has six Overwatch League players? That is a tiny country. <laughs> how, surprising like that, really, how surprising I mean, is that really? How surprising is that really? It's like how many people live in Finland? Finland, Poland. yeah, but like yeah, but Overwatch for, League teams, we've known like five million people, in people now. live in Finland. Uh, of like, for example, of like the That's top insane. like. 10 Counter-Strike teams. There's like 30 Danish players or something. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's even a tinier country than Finland. <laughs> so, you know, the Nordic representation. I'm always just like, they'll, they'll be there. The Swedes. Yeah, it's still pretty dope. The Danes. I mean, it's coming together for them, too. Because in the past, I would, I'd say Finland's been one of those teams that have been stacked on paper, and then they just... You know, disappoint yeah. when it actually comes to the World Cup or at BlizzCon. So, because Linkser was playing Reinhardt, but yeah, we won't, yeah. We won't talk about that again. <laughs> that was um, a trip. Yeah. All right. So, before we wrap up the World Cup uh, discussion, we're talking about the Seoul group right now. Yeah. Who comes? Obviously, we, we think Korea is going to go through like here. Finland just dropped the uh, their their first match uh, to Korea. Is it Russia or is it is it Finland that goes in uh, goes through on this group? Because it's a six per, it's a six team group but only two teams will make it through so is it russia or is it finland 
Not even like if you're considering I, Russia, I think you have to consider Japan. I think Finland is a yeah. league above both of them. Yeah, I hope Finland gets I, through. I, really I would agree, but I, you know, I, I had to present it fairly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's even been a shred of doubt in my mind since, like, even before Fair we saw. I thought it was going to be Finland and South Korea. Uh, you know, just hearing from about the the practice that the players have been doing, mm-hmm. how motivated they are, and you know, they're hardworking about it. They kind of showed that they can do it. South Korea, you know, they've had a little bit of dominance, but. If Finland can come out like that, you know, especially when they had that unfortunate reset in the map, but uh, yeah, that was, yeah, I don't, Rod, I don't know if you saw that or not, but beginning of Rialto, the fin- Finland basically I was crashed. keeping them. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they were attacking them right at spawn at the very very beginning of Rialto, and they they actually team wiped them in the very beginning too, and then they crashed, and then obviously that that back that they tried it again, and it just didn't work. They still won the map, but you know that's yeah. something to be said about the loss of momentum yeah, and. True. Giving them time to kind of like relax and think about it and you know yeah. come up with a strategy. And Finland did try to do their kind of surprise door hold uh <laughs> the second time after the server reset, and ooh, they almost got snowballed because of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, if that had gone the other way, that would have been quite the controversy. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Probably, yeah. good thing Finland won that. that so yeah. You know, and and it, like when we're talking about could, like you know, we're talking about South Korea, and we're like, you know, the gods still won their match, like as expected. But it's a lot of people like Carpe touched the point when he was at like one bar of HP to reset the overtime timer, yep. and then that allowed uh, the comeback. And then I think Fate used Primal in order to close things out there. But Carpe was like a millisecond from not getting on that point at ninety nine ninety nine round three Nepal. We were a millisecond away from talking about a Finland victory. Oh, so it, to, it looked like it was inevitable. It literally it looked, looked like, like they yeah. won, and then Carpe touched it, and then the fry primal happened, and it just completely turned around. It was crazy. Yeah, you know. And it, you're talking about South Korea is going to get better. Finland's going to get better too. They yeah. like they saw where their problems were. They saw what South Korea could do on their different swaps and what they had planned. And uh, you know, South Korea. If I was looking at their matches uh, against the other teams there with Chinese Taipei and this, no, who anyway. Oh, so, yeah. but. You know, South Korea may not have taken the other team seriously, but they're going to take Finland seriously, especially when there's a, a chance they might actually lose. And, you know, Ark in his interview even said that he, he kind of like, it kind of sounded apologetic that the win was not more convincing to the South Korean crowd. So I, I think South Korea was scared. I think they were trying. And yeah, Finland now has some intel on what they need to change about their compositions uh, in order to really, truly take them out. I think I mean, Finland's come back from this even stronger. You well, know, the big the, the, well, is going to motivate them. The biggest question is Russia. Like, can Russia pull off an upset somewhere here? You know, can sh- can we have Shadowburn miracles basically somewhere in a Finland match or even in the South Korea match? Because uh, as good as you know Japan is, I mean, they're already down you know, 0-1. Like, just I mean, at least match result wise, right? So they're they are starting in a hole already. But Russia is in good shape. They've already gotten the t- you know they've gotten two easy quote-unquote easy wins not easy wins but you know the russia japan match is good but they're they're sitting in good position that one upset will basically get them there so can can they pull it off against like finland or or korea from what you guys have seen finland is is obviously the expected winner here but i I mean someone who's been and known shadowburn for long time and been friendly with him and i've talked to him since the end of um the overwatch league he still feels in really good shape and that this is his team this is also his chance to kind of shine mm-hmm. uh because he just happened to be playing with two of the best dps players in overwatch league and and nico and carpe so he hasn't really got a chance to start a lot of the time and now he can he can really put a 
put on a show. And I think from talking to him, you know, he believes this is his chance and opportunity to show what he can do and to lead Russia just as he has in previous World Cups to get pretty far. And I think they actually, they've done a, a, a good job and they've been overlooked at previous World Cups as well. So I actually think they're going to be able to beat Finland. They shouldn't. They should not be able to. But I got to put my, my, I got to believe in my boy. All right. Shadowburn is my boy. He tells me that he, they're going to win. I say, yes, okay, that's, you guys are going to win. You're going to do it. I believe in you. Rough, yeah. That's the man. bold prediction, man, right there. Yeah, you know, if you looked at Eichenwald, oh, it was the Shadowburn show, start to finish. There's something special. There's, there's something about World Cup and Shadowburn, I'm telling you. like He he just plays better. It's like it's like Sergio Garcia in Ryder Cup. You know, like There's something that just happens to, to Shadowburn I, at World Cup. I would say Russia's DPS uh, duo is better than... The trio of Finn and Linkser might be the best, well, maybe the really? best DPS out of, out of oh, all of them, but Bakes yeah. is really solid, and Sakes and Shadowburn is all you need. I think no, no disrespect to Taimu or, oh, or Davin right now, yeah. but that, that's not the problems with Russia's team. I mean, they have a, they have issues for other parts of the lineup. <laughs> uh, and that's going to be what's their downfall. So it's really on mistakes and Shadowburn to bring them over the victory. And I think I think it's going to be close, but I, I got to I gotta put my faith into them. And really, you know what? Every time that Jane talks about how much Korea can lose, there's two things here. One, Korea is going to win without having a player from the championship team in Overwatch League, which is all Koreans, which is going to be hilarious, something they could say. That's how bad everyone else is. We're so bad, we don't have one player from the winning team in Overwatch League, and we still won. And two, Jane is trying to like talk himself up so that he can feel like, <laughs> oh, Canada has a chance. We can do it, boys. You look, look how well Finland did. We can do it ourselves. We can do it. And I, you know what, Jane? It's good. I like I the confidence. I, I believe. like it. For the obvious front runner, instead of actually taking a look at what the teams are doing and improving on. You know, we're taking a look at Jonak. Is Zen still going to be as meta? You know, he was, mm -hmm. you know, we, like one of the reasons New York was struggling so badly is the fact that, say, Biolvi is a Tracer superstar player and that he's a very communicative and, you know, he's one of the leaders on New York. And if they're not playing in a Tracer meta, then, say, Biolvi's, you know, probably not going to be field and they're losing that real high leadership. And then with the, uh, the support buffs, maybe we're seeing more Lucio and Ana. And then, you know, Jonak really fucking struggled on Roadhog. Yeah. So is he going to be as impactful if he's on a different sport and the team isn't built around him? And then Widow's also getting nerfed. Now, Carpe's no slouch on other DPS. But when you're talking about, like, you know, the reasons why the, champion team, the championship team, London Spitfire won, and it wasn't New York, these reasons still exist. And it is New York that we're facing, not London. So, you know, you can say that, hey, South Korea has been dominant for the last kind of however many months and years in overwatch history and say that they're going to do it again it's a pretty safe bet but i'm looking at what's actually happening you know you can consider talking me up and yeah i'm team canada and i think that we can take it all but <laughs> it's uh it's based on facts yeah it's definitely it's definitely your times it's going to look even worse when everybody loses which is going to be <laughs> all right be so hilarious. move on i think it's so hilarious yeah there's plenty of show left there's possibly the south korea won't even make it to the finals yeah yeah and then jane just keeps throwing the curveballs i love it into canada usa or finland in the semis they could lose to either one of them absolutely that is not no, it's definitely what, possible. That would make for an epic BlizzCon. So it I, would. I, it, it very much. And Blizzard, <laughs> Blizzard needs it. So come on, <laughs> <laughs> we got him open up. Oh damn! You saw what he did to Fusion University. You yeah. saw what he's he did to Dallas Fuel in one stage. Now he's got the just uh, you know. 
He's got all of the great USA players with him. They're going to be doing great things. Finland's got Seda. You know, I don't like to think that I'm too much of a slouch either. So yeah, all of us, we, they've like South Korea's got a bullseye right on their head. <laughs> and the, they are, right. the teams are going for them. They are, they are the ones to beat. They are the ones to beat. And I okay. think you're going to see them bleed. All right. Well, let's definitely see how they close out the you know the stages this next couple of days. I'm definitely excited to see that. But uh, like Ben said, we've got some more stuff to talk about. So let's move on to All Star Weekend, which is going to be next week. And there's just so much going on. Right? I feel like the off season immediately World Cup, and then now All Star just kind of back to back. Some news on the All Star Weekend. It's going to be broadcasted on uh, Disney XD. So. We'll be able to watch it there if you guys want. Uh, but there's a lot of, you know, like any all-star event, there's a, events, all kinds of fun events that are going on. So we've got Lucio, Lucio Ball and Widow 1v1s and Mr. Heroes, uh, the talent takedown, which is like, what, what is this? Is it 6v6? It's 6v6 with the talent team, right, basically. Yeah. And then uh, lock Lockout Elimination and then, of course, the all-star game. So the first one wherever doing um yeah i guess thoughts on on what you've heard so far about all-star is this uh, the correct way to do it you know obviously after the at the end of the season so that you know we get a, a better assessment of who should be there unlike the world cup like, in some ways <laughs> uh but yeah thoughts on that so far ben it's I, a it's a weird timing i honestly i think the timing is pretty weird uh typically an all-star games happens right in the middle of a season not yeah. at the very end or like weeks after the end it's also weird because it's like contenders like contenders yeah. korea ended then it's overwatch world cup and then another contenders finals and then and then like then you got all stars then you go back to world cup so i found the the scheduling to be kind of strange like i almost if i were blizzard i almost would have done this like as a lead into blizzcon or something something like that to just build some hype but nonetheless i am excited to watch i think it's the first time that we're ever going to see that we've ever seen a super high production value event with these uh, these off kilter game types, um, and I'm I'm actually really excited for the Widowmaker one v one. I think Overwatch one v one is kind of underrated. It's not Quake, like Quake one v one is obviously way more exciting, but it could still have a, a, it could still be really fun uh, to watch at times. And I think uh, I think the crowd's going to really really like that. Um, I'm a little sad that there's no CTF actually. I was playing a bunch of CTF when Hammond first came out just to practice the hero. And the current meta with with Hammond is really fun for CTF. So a little bit bummed we're not going to see that. Uh, but I think overall, like it's going to be a fun laid back atmosphere that that fans are really going to enjoy. Um, I, I'm pretty sure of that. Slasher? Uh, timing wise, I don't know. We've seen other sports do the All-Star game after... Oh, I don't know. Over. Like Pro Bowl. And, yeah, like the Pro Bowl. And I feel like it's the most worthless All-Star game <laughs> of any of the major four sports, to be completely honest. Uh, the baseball, basketball, and, and hockey are all better. So I probably it would be, be more meaningful if it was in the middle of the season instead of the end. Also, to Ben's point, considering there is World Cup contenders in different countries, yada, yada, putting, some, putting this content in the middle of the season probably would have been a better idea and then you probably could have taken away you could have used that they that extended time between the end of stage four into the playoffs uh, which i thought was a mistake and use that for the all-star game instead of doing it now but in general the all-star game it all looks cool the mm -hmm. widow headshot and, and the teams and whatever your, your standard all-star thing i'm sure yeah, it'll be yeah. fun i'm mm -hmm. sure it'll be fun um 
you know. Jan- <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Jan- it's cool. Yeah. Jan- really good. Well, yeah. I'm glad it exists. Yes. Yeah. I, I tend to kind of gravitate towards the like truly competitive things. So All Star Weekends is kind of like crack open a beer and kind of like, yep, that's Overwatch, and kind of yeah. you know, enjoy Ooh. it and laugh at the personalities. But so I don't, I, I don't know. It's a fun thing. I'm not going to be too fussed. I mean, about one thing we can we we could talk about in terms of that that point right there is that. Some of those other uh, sports that Rod you mentioned that have All Star games, they actually made the All Star game meaningful, right? Like th- whoever actually wins it, and and that's improved it. You know, it, what normally happens is whichever side wins usually gets home court advantage in the finals, I believe. Oh, right? really? oh. isn't that really? Yeah, that's I correct. Right? That. In the finals, yeah, oh. they get home court advantage there. So they made it, yeah. So I wonder if we should do something. Maybe not right now, obviously, because we're not in the cities yet. But maybe eventually we'll do the same thing here, just just to make it a little bit competitive. It's not just like a, a total, you know, just quick oh, play, <laughs> well, quick play game. To be basically. fair, it was like, so bad. Baseball actually reverted it last year to no longer do that. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. because at all because uh, to be fair as well, it's a stupid fucking idea. <laughs> no one really gives a shit about the All Star game. So making a bunch of All Stars care, which determines home court advantage for the final. It is kind of ridiculous. Even though I, I do agree, like it'd be better if it was more meaningful. Let's let you know. This should be for players to kind of show themselves off. And really, honestly, this is where I think Riot's done actually a very good job of their All Star game. Yeah, probably the most out of any developer. Yeah. And I think that Blizzard should continue to think of really cool custom game modes that are really fun to watch. Will, will is Widow one v one going to be like the side event of the all-star game it it could turn into it it might get kind of stale you know i'm not sure the problem with things like this in the game is like the the respawn distance and time and all that other shit where other games don't have that like quake has straight jumping and you don't have to deal with respawn area which you have to then come out of and go back to the duel you know what i mean when you have a duel you got to die then you got to walk back and yada yada it's kind of lame so i hope that they make it cool at at this finals and they think of other ideas of things to do 1v1s are probably pretty good uh 3v3 could work ctf could work um i would like to see some other ideas for that type of stuff all right, who wins? Uh, the Pacific Division for the talent. Uh, the talent. The talent. Is, is reinforced crumbs, Zoe, Semler, Monty, Puckett, Hexagram. <laughs> are we Atlanta serious talking about Brady, this? Sideshow, right. Golden Boy, Mr. Oh X, Dome, Uber Friend. Right. Right, I'm sure. going, I'm going Pacific. Up. Let's bring this up. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm going Pacific on this one. What? I think, like, Hex and Reinforce being on the same team is probably OP. I think those are the best. Are, are we... Ben, oh no, continue. Please, please continue, Ben. I mean, isn't like Hex is a Masters player and reinforces like a GM top 500 player? I don't think there's any Masters players on Atlantic, so I don't know. Mr. X is Masters, isn't he? Uh oh yeah, I guess he's dipped in it. He's like low Masters, yeah. When where's Bren at? I think high Diamond, low Masters. What he does. (laughs) So Rod, you think do you think the Atlantic division is going to win this? Here, 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 here's the here's the issue. Reinforce is re, is obviously the best player uh, on any of the two. I would teams. hope so. Yeah, but obviously, and he he hasn't he can definitely carry. 
Now, I have enough of them on my friends list, and I haven't been able to play like myself as much as I wanted to because I can't play fucking Overwatch in this goddamn computer for like a year and a year and a half now. But I don't feel like Hex has been playing as much, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Ac- accor- according, really, according to his friends list. So everyone else on that team is probably straight up just fucking. <laughs> Gold level, yeah, gold flat level. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to totally denigrate them, but I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, but really, this is Atlantic's game to lose, personally for me. It really is reinforced us to carry Pacific over the end, or Atlantic should doing this much analysis should really be able to smash them and if they focus if they really focus reinforce super hard put a ton of tank pressure a ton of shield pressure everyone focusing winston when they need to uh i think they could do it you think the game is going to get to the point where they have to actually focus winston you think it's going to be that much this game would be funny i regret having a debate on this topic yeah Okay. I mean, okay, okay, because Bren and Mr. X are going to be the, the DPS. Um, right. Sideshow and Doa will be the support line. You're, you're operating under the assumption that either of these teams is going to take this very seriously. I think they're going to take you, it seriously. You, do you, no, no. Do you know yeah. why they're going to take it seriously? I think they're going to take it seriously. you know why they're going to take it seriously? Because when the Overwatch, because uh, we did an event. Well, dude, we, we, did, we did the yeah. New York XL event the day before yeah, the Overwatch yeah. Finals, right? In New York, okay? Yeah. And... There was a it was a party. It was like open bar. Pretty much every most people on on this list were there, and they had computers set up throughout the venue where you won a hundred dollars for playing like a ten minute free for all while we were all fucked up. And Brent had been talking a ton of shit to me <laughs> online about he was going to be able to own me in a one v one widow. That motherfucker, along with at least I'm not going to tell you who, five names on both of these teams. I asked all of them to play overwatch with me at the event play a duel with me or play in the free-for-all with me because i said i'm yeah. fucking better than all of you i'm gonna win and none of them i, I can concur that none of happen. them would that play happen. because that because they happen. they really don't want to show off how much they fucking suck so <laughs> this game is super important it is actually more important than what much you're giving me the credit for like Reaper is a main tank player, but I don't know. Main, main tank players, and he's he's a pro. <laughs> well, not him. He's the only one that doesn't have to worry because he's actually really good at the game. He's, of course, he's going to be pouring around. Main tank, though. He's going to go DPS and just hard. Oh, 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 I yeah, see. Yeah, I see. True. No. That's true. Um, that, uh, Jay and I also, not sure if you know, Reinforce can't aim. I, I believe in him. He can't aim at all. <laughs> Compared to Bren? <laughs> you know, dude, reinforced didn't come from an FPS game. He was like, he was like two kids, little man, little like a uh, secretary oh person. Oh, oh no! Before that's why oh, you can play no. the main tank. We okay, go. we needed more main tanks in Overwatch. Go. That's why it's really easy to, to get a job right now if we play off tank or main tank in the Overwatch League. If you want to get to Overwatch Fleet League? Just play main tank or off tank. Yeah, pretty tank. solid he's chance. To be all He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So putting reinforcement DPS, I actually don't know if that's the right idea. 
show, Jane. I'm skeptical. That's the solid move. All right, I'm, I'm cutting it off. We got to okay. move on to the next section. Dude, yeah, this is the yeah, best. This is the best section of like I think the whole show. <laughs> well, one last thing, Ben, before we do, there's a bunch of watch parties going on around the the um, the country, especially in the cities of the teams, because I think uh, GameStop's sponsoring a bunch of those. So definitely keep a lookout for you know if if you are in one of these cities, uh, go and watch the All Star weekend together because it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but moving on, news and discussion here. Uh, the biggest thing that's happened probably since our last show is, uh, or at least in terms of like player news and th- whatnot, is Siegel announcing his retirement from Pro Overwatch, which is uh, you know pretty sad for I think most of us. I don't think I don't know if there's anybody that's that happy about it. <laughs> like I, I, at least I don't I'm know happy anybody. Siegel's happy. Oh yeah, I think Siegel's yeah, okay. There you happy go. There you go. That's this. a good way to put it, James. Yeah, if Siegel's yeah. happy, then then that's great. But as a, you know, as a fan, as a spectator. Uh, of Overwatch League, it was great seeing Brandon in the league, and especially getting a chance to play and have a significant value, you know, for uh, Dallas Teal, uh, second half of the season. So, um, I, think, I think it was great too. You know, he yeah. was known as he was when he did Absolutely. join the pro team. You know, people were saying, "Oh, he just got picked up because he streamed," and then oh, yeah. you know, he proved himself that yeah, he did actually belong to be there. You know, he decided that he wanted to go back and stream and you know be with the community that I mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of helped him get to where he was and he's gonna have you know streaming it's a lot of fun pays more than the overwatch league play that much. <laughs> pays him but, especially a lot more yeah, than and he wants to do variety stuff wants to do it at his own pace and props yeah. to him he's a great streamer you know I, I i hope he stays on with the dallas fuel as a streamer you know you have people like iman kabaji hunmaru aspen people like that yep. partnering with orgs I, you know i'd like to see that uh, Siegel still be involved in promoting professional esports, sorry, professional Overwatch in some regard. But you know, if he even doesn't do that, then whatever, man. You know, to him, as long as he's happy doing what he's doing, I'm going to enjoy watching him. I mean, Siegel wanted to go into the Overwatch League to begin with to show everyone that he could still win. I mean, when I talked to him before the league started, I mean, I asked, I had a long conversation with him about. His thoughts, instead of streaming full-time or deciding to do that, to go into OWL, and he wanted to be a pro player. Mm-hmm. More than anything, more than being a streamer, he wanted to win championships, he wanted to be a pro player, and, and he wanted um, to show everyone why he was, you know, the best player at the beginning of Overwatch um, for some people and why he got so popular. Now, at... But really what happened was he was on the most destructive team that you could ever imagine for the first season of Overwatch League. And that took a huge toll on him in the way that his thinking was about it. Because they were out of the running of the the playoffs within the, like, the beginning, you know, the middle of season two or something. You know the season was already done for them. So for him to have to be able to ride the bench and, and not be able to start any of those games uh, for a long time to go through the, all that drama of not starting the games and only going into it um, after everything that happened, then finally getting a little bit of success, but still being on that disaster of a team. Um, seeing Even seeing what people like, I don't know if this is really what motivated him a little bit, but seeing people like XQC, with, even with all the problems that Felix has had, has still been quite successful as a full-time streamer for Overwatch and variety games while out of uh, the Overwatch League. And, you know, I mean, of course you don't want to 
be like Felix and say some of the stupid shit that he had. (laughs) Obviously, but even with saying that stupid shit, he's been able to do really well. So I think Siegel seeing all of these things combined together, really for him, it was just like, you know what? I get paid way more if I stream. I'm going to be happier there because this team is a fucking mess. The Dallas Fuel is... you think the Dallas Fuel is going to win Season 2? Is anyone here think Dallas Fuel is oh, going to win Season oh, 2? Uh, Tiger does. Uh, 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 no, by the way. <laughs> I am not surprised Jane raising his hands. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be a lot better. I mean, a lot, a lot yeah. better than last year. <clears throat> Winning the entire league? I don't know. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But in terms of Brandon, it's never been about money for Brent. Like, isn't, whether it's streaming or not streaming, you know, playing in Overwatch, it's never been about money. So I don't think that was as much of a decision as just the stress that was involved. It's not in about money, but it's not not about money. Obviously, we're, everyone's trying to make a career. It is making the most money that you can in the window that you have when you have the most success. I mean, it's, it's not like it. Obviously, it is. He, he would never have done Overwatch League then. Like he, he would never have done Overwatch League then if that was the case. Because well, he wanted to win. He wanted to play. Right, he wanted right. to compete. And look what I mean. And then he ended up on this freaking right. But that's what I mean. Like in the end, I think it was just a matter of you know his experience. It was just very stressful. Like that entire. Uh, entire year with Dallas, so I think in the end it's just more of a being happy, and he's just happier having, you know, not being in this kind of environment. So I don't know, it, maybe if he would have been traded, or you know, may, I mean, he could, I guess, maybe demanded a trade and just been in a better situation. That could have been the case too. But uh, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, you know, I, I'm definitely happy for him if he's happy. Yeah. Ben, what's your well, take on the whole thing? I, we we all are gonna support. Brandon, whatever he wants to do. If this is what is going to make him more happy and more sane and, and you know, less stressed, mm-hmm. I think he's going to get back to move. He's going to be able to move back to the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. um, his hometown. So I think, you know, if this is what makes him happy, then everyone is going to support him. Uh, it's never going to change the fact that it bumps me out, though. I, I love watching him play uh, in Overwatch League. And, uh, you know, there's this counter argument that's, if he's streaming full time, he's actually going to help Overwatch grow more and and Overwatch League grow more. Yeah. And I, I definitely understand why people are saying that. At the same time, when Dallas Fuel was winning in Stage Four, when they were winning a lot of games, Overwatch League's viewership was growing by 20, 30, 40 percent. Literally, it was going from like average seventy k or you know on the on the worst days, it was around seventy k viewers for Overwatch League. Then Dallas Fuel's winning, you're hitting well over hundred k viewers like regularly when they were actually winning. So I don't know if I necessarily buy that argument. If if Siegel's on a winning team in Overwatch League, I think that's ultimately better for the esports scene, um, which obviously I'm biased towards. But again, if if it's what if it's what Siegel needs to be happy and it's the right career and life decision, then everyone should support him. Everyone will support him. Uh, I, I still will always feel sad, though, that he's not uh, you know, a pro player, honestly. Objectively, I do think it helps Overwatch more if Siegel is streaming than he is playing. The viewership bump that Overwatch gets as a whole from Dallas Fuel doing well because he's on the while he's on the team is significant. It is not more impactful than Siegel consistently streaming Overwatch when Overwatch League is not on 
for everyone to watch Overwatch and for Overwatch to be higher on the Twitch rankings. Yeah, it should it. not be up to XQC to carry Overwatch. And he has, XQC is the one helping Blizzard the most. If Blizzard did not have XQC, Jane's helping out too. Overwatch, all the, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, th- thank you, Jane. You are, uh, you, you are doing a great job, really. I, I watch, and, but you're not getting... 10 to 15,000 viewers, I guess you see it. Nobody is, besides him and Calvin. And for the two, like, largest streamers of the game to complain about the game all the time, which is hilarious, because I do too. Um, And for it to be like these guys, it it is quite ironic, I think, in my eyes, considering the whole situation. So I really do think that Seagull coming back to stream full-time is better for Overwatch, Overwatch like, overall, yeah, just Overwatch yeah. overall, yeah, yeah, and the fuel, the fuel winning, even without Siegel on the team, viewership will still be high. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we got some more news. I think we should uh, move on to new Overwatch League franchises uh, that were announced at the Overwatch World Cup, Atlanta, and or shortly after the Overwatch World Cup. I can't remember. It was leaked during the Overwatch. Uh, sorry, I'm misspeaking everything. Anyway, doesn't matter. Atlanta and Guangzhou. <laughs> are the new teams that are officially announced for next season. We've also had rumors about Toronto and Melbourne, or Melbourne, as it's actually pronounced. Slasher, do you got any leaks for us? Okay, so since Ben, uh, like some certain other hosts in esports, are very bad at attributing where information is coming from and <laughs> actually verifying on what the information is, here is the actual information. Uh, Jacob Wolf of ESPN reported that Paris, Guangzhou, and Atlanta would be new franchises for the Overwatch League. Blizzard has then confirmed both Atlanta and Guangzhou. Uh, Paris is still expected to be announced eventually, probably in uh, the next few weeks. And then a new rumor, which was reported uh, first by Over.gg and then confirmed by uh, the Sports Business Journal's Ben Fisher and ESPN's Jacob Wolf is that Toronto will be the newest franchise added with ownership coming from uh, Spice, uh, who is owned by Devilware North, which does stuff with, I believe, the Bruins, uh, and an investor in the Penguins. So the four franchises will be Atlanta, Guangzhou, Paris, and Toronto. Only Atlanta and Guangzhou have been announced uh, thus far. And the rumors are still saying six to eight expansion teams. Really? Yeah. Those are the numbers that I Well, six was always wow. the, the original number, right? It's, it's up to eight now? Wow. That's... It was four to six, was yeah. expected. Uh, Blizzard has done well in their round negotiations and with their sales. Um, it, it is expected to be Jacob and Ben, along with my own sources, have all heard 35 million or more for these franchises. So they are getting the number that they want in the negotiations with a lot of these owners. And since they're doing that, you know, they're going to continue to... Wait, wasn't the Gong Zhao one, like, way more than that? Well, of course, they didn't yeah. officially say well, how you, much you, it was. I mean, but from rumored. who I've spoken to and from what I've read, it's up to 50. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, China I, haven't, I, I haven't heard the rumors that it's going to be in the 6 to 8 range. That I'm really happy to hear that because I think it's a crime that uh, there is only one uh, Korea team. I think... Seoul should get more than one team like LA does, uh, like LA has, or you give it to Busan. Busan yeah. But I think there should be another Korean team, period. Like, there's just too I much just talent in Korea, too many players in Korea not to have a second team. So I hope that happens. 
considering uh, six new franchises would be roughly what is it, seventy-two Korean players? Yeah, it probably would be a good idea <laughs> if uh, if one of the new franchises was based in Korea. Considering by the time we have OWL season four, we're gonna have you know like one hundred thirty okay. Korean players, uh, ten Europeans, and like two Americans left in the league. It hits so it really is significant to Ben's point that we have. I actually think two two Seoul teams would make sense, especially if they're already going to sell two LA, and if down the line maybe they sell like two New York or you know a lot of the cities that have two here in America. Why not extend that to Seoul? I mean, it makes the most amount of sense that they out of anyone would have two so teams. So as exciting as these expansion teams are, you know, one thing I I think about is that these teams only have a year or maybe less than a year to get everything situated in those cities. You know, unlike the, obviously the original 12 who, you know, you know, we've been trying to develop the fan bases already in the cities, whether it's, you know, actual events or whatnot in, in, in the cities or the state and here in Florida. But with these new ones, I mean, they got to get stuff going super fast. So what's that going to look like in 2000, I guess, 20, the beginning of 2020, when we're going to have to start playing games like in, in cities. They're going to be that, like that transition is is I mean, like, like building so arenas and it's like crazy. Well, I mean, it, it it is a crazy thing even for the existing twelve franchises, but you know they've had to think about it and had to plan or and do whatever they need to do for this last year to get ready for it. But these teams are literally just <laughs> buying their spot and now having to to endeavor into that, and they have roughly a year to do this. So that, that's I don't know. It seems so daunting to me. I can't. I mean, there. Are- there are several organizations, including potentially, possibly, maybe the one where I live, uh, that have not yet built anything yet, Chris. So that I honestly, I know they want to get it ready by 2020. I, 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 there's a, I think a very good chance they miss this window. I, I, I would I, also agree with that. But they're going to keep yeah, expanding we'll this thing. You know, yeah, no, like they're, they're going to keep like, getting the franchises every year, and that gives them so, so little time to actually build the thing that they want to do, these local events. And I don't think they can have, like, a local franchise and then not go to the cities that they just entered in the league. Like, that would be a complete disaster. So, I, I mean, for everything that I've told, yeah, these teams just have one less year to get things going and that they everyone understood it during the negotiations that they have to build their local venue as quickly as possible uh, to make it happen crazy. i really don't think it i don't think 2020 is going to happen i just my gut tells me that every team is not going to get it because what happens if only like 14 of the 16 or 18 teams have their venues ready are they just not going to go to certain cities uh, I guess they they could, but it would seem to be like you would upset some of the owners of franchises over there, and then like, why would I pay forty million dollars and then not be included in like the first the first season of the local league? So, um, yeah, it is on the owners to build these venues too. Like, well, there's like, okay, to, yeah, I mean, you, you, they, you have to. they have to, yeah, right? they, like they, they, they they have to. Uh, but I know this summer slacking and nothing started yet. They don't even know where it's going to be. But a lot of teams don't even know where the fuck it's going to be yet, Chris. So <laughs> I, I am yeah. I am very skeptical. Twenty twenty is going to happen. The good news is that the you know they're not building giant football stadiums. So like you know we're, we're talking arenas. Oh, we saw Shanghai. Shanghai's by the way was ridiculous man that thing looked awesome uh but yeah and bare, bare hands is just in chat there he says you don't have to build a venue look at what lav is doing 
They can totally use existing vendors. Well, that's, that's not, nobody's. Yeah. Nobody yeah, really okay. has an ownership group that has. Yeah, yeah. Like a bunch yeah let's of, have the example uh, of the Los Angeles one inside of Los Angeles, where all the venues are because they're in Los Angeles. Yes. Thank you, their hands. I mean, <laughs> every, almost every Overwatch League team is invested in by some mainstream sports like owner or something. So there's going to be arenas that they can tap into. Even still, I think it's going to be extremely difficult, not just on the team side, but on the Blizzard Overwatch League side. Like. We still have heard zero details about is is Shanghai gonna fly to North America and then Europe and then you know freaking Korea and then back to Shanghai every single month? That's impossible. Like it's literally like not feasible to do that. So we don't know much about how it's gonna roll out logistically. It's a, it's a scheduling nightmare. Like it's I think yeah. trying to figure out how to make that the cheapest possible. And you know, all these teams are gonna be paying for these trips, right? It's not like the league's paying for for the travel for these things. The teams are all going to be paying for it. So, I mean, I think this next, the season two is going to be what I heard or rumored or, or whatever is that, you know, I think traveling is going to start a little bit in this first season. Like there's going to be maybe a studio overseas. And so like having the teams kind of go between the two, I think is, is what's been, you know, rumored. But, um, you know, that, that's just like a, a tiny stepping stone into what's going to possibly happen in season three, which is full out traveling everywhere around the world. So, um, yeah, it, it's not clear to me still, like in my mind, how this logistically is going to happen. But hopefully it'll get a lot better uh, once we start seeing them travel a little bit. Uh, but format wise, you know, they haven't mentioned anything about changes in format, right? Like there's been some talk, but nothing of significance. To, to really say, oh, yeah, they're for sure going to be changing something. Unless I'm wrong, no, God, right? No, no, there has been nothing discussed. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it it will come to, once there's enough franchises, I mean, if they go up to, I don't know, like 16 or 18 in season two, and then you'd think they would get to like at least 20, 24 or something by season three, um, maybe they, they, they split the divisions into what the, fran the local franchises. So yeah. the the Asian teams would all play each other. The, the Asian uh, franchises play oh, each so other. Oh, more than two conferences. And you're, yeah, yeah, but the problem is that North America will overwhelmingly have more cities than Asia or Europe. And if you sp have to split the conferences into Europe, Asia, North America, like North America is just so much bigger. Maybe you split North America into two and your four conferences are like Asia, Europe, NA East, NA Wester, or yeah, whatever. But, you, you know... I guess you can do that, but you do lose a lot of the, maybe, it, it, you could either see it as adding something to the game where, okay, you're not going to have the NA East te teams play the the Asian franchises until, like, later on in the Overwatch League playoffs, uh, which is kind of cool, but at the same time, you may lose that matchup during the regular season. You're not going to have New York play the Seoul team in season three during the regular season mm -hmm. because or maybe just one game so that people don't have to travel so much i can see this happening yeah um anyway uh, i think we've talked about the new franchises uh, enough i think we can move on um you know actually jane i wanted to ask you about visor yes. um, this is a topic in <laughs> community and on reddit and i know you have some hands-on experience i i've actually only like looked at this through like the corner of my eye. I haven't really fully done all the research, but what do you think about Visor? Is it cheating? Is it good? Is it bad? What is Visor? Well, I, the, they've got their new program out because Visor used to be like a VOD review tool where you kind of uploaded videos to it and you could either 
provide comments or it gave you kind of like it used it looked at the screen and kind of gave you some stats it was, it was a pretty neat tool but their kind of latest update to it allows it to give you feedback based on stats that it's collecting in real time and uh it seems pretty neat like one of the things that it's kind of doing is showing you how you're performing based on other players at your rank you know on a bell curve again in real time but one of the more controversial features of the program itself is that you know, there's screen caps where it says, like, Farah has her barrage in 10 seconds or something like that. You know, it'll tell you how, what percentage of your fights your healers are dying in, you know, if one matchup is very one-sided. Like, for example, if the Hanzo has killed the Tracer five times in a row, it'll tell you, like, little things like that. And specifically, the ult tracking itself on paper seems like it'd be a very powerful tool. And whether it's cheating or not probably, you know, depends on your, your definition of cheating. But regardless of all that, from my testing, it's actually um, not really that useful of a program, despite what the list of <laughs> features, like, despite what the writing on the tin says, it's not actually that useful. You know, the ult tracking feature would be super awesome if you could, like, hit tab and take a look at what Visor thinks are the estimates of the opponent's ultimates. But, you know, the estimates can be pretty wrong. And when you're talking about, like, how the program itself um, would be able to know that the opponent has ultimates, it's based off of the kill feed and then average time to generate. For example, if the Farah got a kill using a barrage a minute and 20 seconds into the game, and then they got another kill with their barrage a minute 20 seconds later, then it'll give you a warning based on like the average time that it saw that ultimate show up in the kill feed. But because of that, it can't track like super important ultimates like Transcendence, because Transcendence doesn't show up in the kill feed, and it's not like it's tracking mm -hmm. voice lines or anything like that. So... Yeah, so, I mean, they, they haven't been clear about how they track all these things, right? Like, it's yeah, they haven't, but yeah. it does, it's not like a memory, it's it can't be memory, it's not like that would be you could break into the, the yeah, SLA, yeah, right? So, but uh, yeah, so it's you know, if it worked as intended, it would be insanely powerful and probably verging on cheating, if not just breaking the game in general, especially if you just like perfectly track trans trans transcendence or something like that. But right now, there's no way for you to manually kind of get the information you want out of the program the tips show up sporadically and they do require interpretation of those tips to even be remotely useful so it's you know it's still in beta <laughs> i mean all all i know is that uh there used to be this thing you could do with nvidia specter i think uh during the early start of overwatch where you could turn off all of like maybe the shadows and the lights you can make it very much look like like quake pikmip style which is how i love turn get all that bullshit off my damn screen <laughs> let me just see the heroes and you could do that and blizzard actually said it like one of their customer support people said it was okay but then not too soon after they patched it so that it didn't matter what you did and that didn't matter anymore so from my end blizzard knows this app exists they know what it does if they don't like what any of these things do like the tracking they'll just remove the ability to do it so as long as they're as long as they seem to be aware of the app considering they've got venture capital i believe yeah yeah like i don't know if they'd be able to get the venture capital unless they had a, like an acknowledgement from right. blizzard that they wouldn't shut the whole app down oh that would be a big yikes yeah that's what, so i i actually suspect they do have some kind of I mean, yeah. some kind of partnership. Some verbal, some, like, yes, not even verbal. You're, you're, you're I, I think good. it's more than that. Actually, I think there's probably some type of partnership that they have with with Blizzard that they. I don't know why they wouldn't announce it if they did, but you're right, Rod. Like, how how do you get 4.7 million 
if you don't have that assurance that it shuts down tomorrow, <laughs> like literally. They, so, they, so, be, so because of this, I don't see it as cheating. I don't see any of the things that you are allowed to do in there, including this this timing things, which I can admit is kind of shaky. Or you know, I'm not. I don't know which way to go about it. But if, if Blizzard is acknowledged that all of this is okay, then I think I think the well, best comparison is again to like the Hearthstone death track. Yeah, death desk. Yes, it's Hearthstone deck tracker. Yeah, <laughs> just to correct you. you. Words are hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's it's you know might help you know uh, preventing you from having to stay, save a lot of like route knowledge in your head over the course of a game and then immediately forget it. That's a challenging skill for some people. But right now, it's not even at the point that relevant. And like our pro teams get no pro pro teams even if this was operating at a hundred percent, no pro teams still wouldn't care about that. Uh, you know, you yeah. still have to work on your own kind of ult tracking. Then the plans, even if you know the ults, you still have to make the plans and know how to play around those ultimates in those situations. And there's no way that Visor is ever going to replace a competent IGL on a team. So this is, you know, it's aimed for, I would say, the very middle of the bell curve, like Platinum. But yeah. that's where the vast majority of the players are. That's where the largest target market exists. So it makes sense to aim for that market. Unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what, so... Up the skill. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, another analytics tool that um, that was recently announced too is that the Fusion have a partnership with Pursuit, which is a little bit different than Visor in the form that Pursuit is more of a, a post-game analysis type of tool. Uh, so, kind of asking you, Jane, like difference between these type of tools. Would you use something like a Pursuit? You yeah. know, in terms uh, of you know, the thing is, your team, team Canada actually just announced that we're working with Pursuit, and we've actually okay. been working oh. with Pursuit for a while now. Okay, awesome. Uh, and helping them kind of specifically develop their tools so that we can uh, get our analytics that we used to do by hand. Uh, the vast majority of them were are now kind of collected automatically using this OCR. So of course, Pursuit is taking a look at the spectator client and then grabbing a lot of statistics. Um, and you know, really, when we're talking about easy things for OCR to figure out, but hard things for humans to figure out. And one of the things that you can do with there is, um, the, the ultimate generation rate, and then the time at which an individual holds on to their ultimates. Mm -hmm. uh, so those can be really important stats for kind of seeing the flow of a fight. Um, and trying to actually manually compile those statistics used to take literal hours. Um, but now we have, you know, a lot of the groundwork done, and we can kind of find, see these initial estimations from Pursuit. Um, you know, we're not using it to just uh, like as the as the end-all be-all, we're taking Pursuit as kind of like a starting point, and it points us in the directions that we need to take a look at. You know, it'll very quickly show us over how many team fights, um, who got picked first, who was the first picked, and then we can look at those team fights and try and find the correlations between why was X player always dying first? What was so-and-so player, you know, why were you not able to ever get an entry pick? And was that a problem? Does that mean that we have to change our composition? So, yeah, Pursuit is... Uh, really helpful because it's a, just a post-game analysis, and the reason we're using it is not for like a first-person perspective like a normal player would, but they've put a lot of tools into the program that allows us to um, plug in spectator footage and then get information nice. on the game whole. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, um, definitely great tools for, for all. You know, what, you know what tool would be really good? What? You know what tool would be just great where um, I wish someone could make something where you could click it and you can make a custom game, and then you can gather everyone in the game <laughs> by rank. 
um, maybe like pro players or aspiring pro players. And then those people can click it, go into the game, play the game, and then they win money from playing the game. And then they stream the games while they do this. And I think a lot of people would watch it and it would be really good for Overwatch. You know, what would you call it though, Rod? I don't know, like you could face it, like you're facing each other, <laughs> one on like a team versus team. Oh man. Um, that was a softball right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that would that would be a nice tool. But anyways, so lots of innovation still going on in the uh, Overwatch community and uh definitely glad to to be seeing it cuz you know, I think all the teams and coaching staffs could heavily, you know, be um helped by it, which yeah. Jane obviously knows. Uh, There's a ton of VC not just flowing into into Visor, but like a bunch of tools like this right now for not for Overwatch for different games, but uh, it's mm-hmm. just interesting. Look, we need pro pugs, okay? Overwatch <laughs> rank is still garbage. Oh, I don't know why you, you should put this on the top of the list. Overwatch rank still sucks. The game I'm is still going to be hurt. Overwatch rank sucking so hard, and I without know. a custom tool, this game is going to continue to lose players. All right, that is the biggest problem that Overwatch has. Now, right. in the future, is as bleeding <laughs> players, and while rank gets worse, and no one can fix it, this problem has not been addressed there's a, yet. There's a huge pug community on my Discord. Right? We've got 70 volunteers <sighs> like, writing them. I'm just trying to look into... Did you say 7-0? You have 70 volunteers? Yeah, the mod team that helps run what? the community and the Twitch channel for me. Seven, seven Holy... Because yeah. we run pugs in tournaments as well. We've got the infrastructure, we've got the practice, Whoa. we've got the desire to do it. We're just kind of trying to figure out why pro pugs stop and what are the actual kind of limitations from Blizzard, but we're ready to run pro it. Pro pugs stop because you can't give money, you can't set up a tournament that rewards monetary value to the players. They're not allowed to stream... The pro plugs currently, even though that has seemed to be, we haven't seen yes. it in writing or knowing the actual limitations. That has been leaning, I think, more lately because streaming has dropped off on Twitch, and they need people to play. All of this is hamstrung because of Blizzard, by the way. I know you say, I don't know why. Hmm, I wonder what happened. I mean, we did all this before. All this happened already. It was already going to be set up. Face it, would have already done Overwatch if they could have. There already wouldn't have been a reputable company that have come in. And to do things correctly. They're doing PUBG like literally today. They're launching PUBG on FaceIt, and everyone seems to be really excited. And those guys do Overwatch. Overwatch came out way before PUBG. They would have already done this if Blizzard allows them. This is Blizzard not allowing third party, especially rep- like large companies, to come in and run pro player things that give them money. And the streaming stuff is tied into it. And all of that. We would have to do this if rank wasn't I mean, such a piece of shit to play that, all, the, the, all the time. That's the biggest. I mean, I feel like it that really is more than than just the players not being able to do pugs. I mean that that's a whole separate thing. That there's there's actually reasons for doing it legally and but not. This is so, why though. This is, like I mean, yeah. I mean, like ESCA and FaceIt existed for Counter-Strike because Counter-Strike matchmaking was generally always garbage or it didn't exist because ESCA, you know, was like a 15-year company. And it, and it came out when, you know, 1.6 was around and you, had, you, you went through the server browser and there wasn't official matchmaking, yada, 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 right? So there was all this history, but it was because those games matchmaking, you didn't really play or it didn't really matter. And that's why it was so good. Overwatch is ranked as better, of course, but it has enough problems where people have wanted this alternative. It's not good enough 
nowhere near that that is what you can play and feel like you're having a good time and, and that you're getting better at the game. I think that they, they want open division to fill this void of like the amateur oh. level com- com- yeah. competition. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they're kind of putting their eggs in that basket. Um, but you need division. to, integ- but you need to integrate it more into the game though. Like yeah. if you really do want that open right now, I still feel like it's not very accessible, even though in, in theory it is, but you still have to organize yourself and, you know, like, like Jane's doing this awesome, you know, thing right now. That's like, like amazing to, you know, have it be very, um, you know, kind of like transparent and whatnot, but it, it's like most people don't have the initiative to do this, you know, like to actually try and, and create an open division team and then even just go figure out how to sign up and just what all the rules are and all that stuff. So it's, if you could sign up weird. for open division within the game yeah, and there yeah. were automatic That'd tournaments awesome. that like sent you notifications and like automatically added you. Oh, sorry, Jen. You said no, just was- anytime anybody asks me a question and they're like, how do I sign up for a team? And I'm like, well, first close overwatch second open discord. And then it's like, what? <laughs> Discord, right? So <laughs> yeah. the link between the start of Path yeah. Pro and the client, like there was a connection. It was like League of Legends introduced, I think it was called Clash or something, where they're running like regular tournaments. You know, I don't even remember the exact name of it, but they were running kind of like smaller tournaments yeah. recurring, managed throughout the client, and it was great, fantastic. But except uh, for it, it failed and had to be delayed. But open yeah. division, like the length of the over divisions <laughs> open division season itself is longer than the half-life of most teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If you miss the start of the open division and then you're forming a team, like you just sit on your ass for a couple of months until your next opportunity. You know, we don't have these monthly melees. Yeah, I want to try a problem. Like I'm looking for every opportunity to run, you know, pro pugs or recurring weekly or monthly tournaments for the tier three scene, but God, there's so much red tape. It's almost like it just doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's not wanting this to happen. Because Blizzard wants the players to play ranked because it's the official mode. It's the mode that you see on stream. It's the, you know, yada, yada, yada. They want they want the players to play the official. I feel like it's more like, I just feel like it's more of a, a liability potential. That's why they have all those licensing things now, right? Like they're the licensing across the board on all the titles are much more strict than they used to be. It's because Blizzard is a closed system, where Valve, for example, is a completely open system, and that they want people to, and companies to do whatever generally on their platform, and that, and that you could do so. And really, we've come to a point where on closed systems like League of Legends or like Overwatch, the majority of the best amateur players that end up like getting picked up by teams or inserted into the pro spots come from ranked play. Like in League of Legends, all those new players at SKT that are making like fakers sit on the bench this year or whatever's going on. Like I haven't totally paid attention. They all came from ranked, all those good players. All the best new players in Overwatch have come from ranked more so than like you know, six scrappy guys getting together in the open division and making their way through and winning the open division. Then they win trials, then they go to contenders, and then they say all get picked up with together in the Overwatch League. Right? It's not. TV, that'd be a great never, YouTube series. Literally, never, ever, ever happening ever. And none of those players are ever going to be picked up either, because that's not how you really get yourself known to like potential Overwatch League teams to get played. It's it's most of the time it is shown not to be it for closed systems. It's rank play and getting to like rank one or ten or whatever on the ladder and showing that you're really good. And for open systems, it's 
you can play in all these open tournaments and prove yourself. It's not like you have one open season. Like it's impossible. One fucking open season. Who gives a shit? Um, so because Overwatch is in this closed system, they need to make ranked worth playing or allow it to be a kind of like closed but open system because pro pugs in general lend themselves well to fps games yes it's been kind of tried to be there's like a dota pro league like sort of like an inner inner dota thing on face it and league of legends is trying to do like a pro league i think they're actually trying to experiment but it's always shown to be really good on games like counter-strike or now rainbow or and yada yada so it feels like it would really fit it would help the the scene so much all those players that are aspiring to be overwatch league pros but because if they don't that they need to fix ranks and i think that continues to be you know a never-ending larger mm-hmm. it is the problem that continues to linger on and on and on um but all right, well, let's move on. That was not a planned segment, so Rod, yeah. you know, we just be complaining, <laughs> indulging Rod here with <laughs> allowing that segment. But uh, we, I think Ben, you put this upcoming schedule here, so you kind of want to. Yeah, well, I, I think b- before we close out the show, we got about five or six more minutes left. I, d- I did want to get your guys' perspective on on you know we already talked about meta that we're seeing in the World oh. Cup, but I- I'd love to just have a really quick uh, discussion about the the current meta. I, I would personally argue that the last couple balance patches have been some of the best balance patches that we've gotten so far in Overwatch. Um, I, I'm really enjoying playing ranked right now. The support meta is totally shaken up. You know, Met, Mercy is very far from a must pick. Zen is very far from a must pick. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun playing Hammond. Uh, but I'd love to get your per- guys' perspective, and we also kind of touched on this, but particularly uh, my, my only really big concern with the current state of the meta and, and the balance of the game is that this you know triple support, triple tank, or, or variations of it composition is going to dominate, but I haven't yet seen that on ranked, so I'd love to get uh, get your guys' perspective. Um, Jane, I know you're, you're obviously scrimming uh, in the current patch, so what do you think? Uh, well, 3-3 is definitely not going to dominate. And even if it does, there's enough variants of 3-3 that counter other variants of 3-3 that, you know, we're not going to see the same, you know, tried and true goats comp just smashing into each other. I don't want to go kind of like too specific into the meta because I'll probably sure. give away, you know, my, <laughs> my impression is going to be pretty accurate compared to what I'm going to be uh, running with Team Canada here. But the one thing that I will say is that uh, um, I think we're finally at a at a point in time where teams can not only find their signature playstyle, but their signature composition and can really refine that composition. I don't believe there to be one answer uh, to all situations and all maps. You know, if we're looking at that, you know, around that season seven time, there was dive and there was only dive. That's the only thing that teams ran and anything else would just get demolished by it. So it was how good of a dive team you were. But now I'm seeing three, four compositions that depending on how good you are and, you know, your hero pools and your playstyles as a team, you know, you can make that your cornerstone with flexes onto some of the other compositions based on the map or your opponents or something like that. Um, So with each kind of hero introduction, we're getting into a more varied meta. And I think that, uh, you know, we've we've seen it develop in different regional play styles where regions tend to play a lot of the same compositions. And, you know, European region has always been tank heavier. And I think North American region right now is favoring things like the Sombra. But, uh, you know, these kind of 
differences between the regions are going to be probably developing within teams now because there is so many different answers to how to play the current meta. So um, maybe I'm you know on something real good and <laughs> haven't found what the right answer is, and so maybe one team is just going to come really dominant with this brand new comp that nobody's thought of or. You know, maybe somebody's going to play like triple tank dive in a way that nobody else has thought of and everyone's going to try and emulate that. But I think there's enough kind of potential here for there to be variations as you are going to see, you know, teams having like their signature. And then you're going to have see other teams either counter stratting them or playing their own signature. So hopefully, especially in the World Cup, you're going to see teams playing a lot of different things, especially once these regions collide at BlizzCon. Great. Cool. Uh, my win rate with Hammond uh, was 70% up until yesterday. So <laughs> I'm loving Hammond. He, Slasher, he, playing playing Hammond, obviously it's not straight jumping, but it almost feels like playing like a, a Quake-esque game because movement mechanics are something that you're doing constantly. So I'm loving playing Hammond right now. I'm, I'm just enjoying the game a lot. Uh, this, this season was the worst season of all time for me up until Hammond got released, and now I'm finally climbing back up to where where I used to be um, still still in that mid masters grind but but on the way up cool I think that pretty much covers it huh yeah or meta wise yeah I mean in, unless, uh, unless you guys unless, have anything else to add but um, I don't want to I've got some really cool ideas yeah <laughs> we'll just wait for you to we'll yeah. have to bring you on after yeah. Canada wins the world exactly. cup yeah team Canada's yeah. playing team Australia in a show match on Saturday oh, oh that's um, right yeah and we're going to be pulling out some of the more experimental compositions we've been theory crafting. Sweet, sweet. So, I, I'm looking forward to it. If you want to see how crazy this meta can be, can be. Symmetra? We're going to see some Symmetra, oh, maybe? yeah, the wall, maybe. No. <laughs> the wall. No. Okay. <laughs> no, you will not. <laughs> At least on Saturday, you did. I play a lot of Symmetra, and she still fucking sucks. For the most part. <laughs> So maybe the problem exists between keyboard and chair, not with Symmetra. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Yo, Jane, wow. as I told everyone else, I will fuck you up in 1v1 too. So whenever you want Step to play. Unlike all your other opponents, I ain't no, I ain't, well, I can't, I'm not sure if I can say that word on this stream, but I ain't. I mean, I've been, I've been cursing <laughs> the whole game, so <laughs> I would have, no. <laughs> Speaking of 1v1, so, Jane, you're at, you got a tournament that you're going to be doing, right? I do, yes. yeah. So it's my birthday tomorrow, actually. Yeah. Oh, I asked, oh, happy I asked my stream what they wanted to do for my birthday. Yeah. They're like, let's run a window tournament. We're to make a tournament. I was like, okay. So, you know, we're not having a lot of, I don't think many OWL guys have signed up, but a ton of contenders players have signed up. Nice. And yeah, so tomorrow it's noon Pacific. Three Eastern, nice. uh, doing a Widowmaker tournament. So it should be good, fun stuff. It's going to be broadcast on my channel. So um, it's it's also kind of a kind of I'm using it as an excuse to test, you know, again, kind of our tournament infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And if it works out well, we'll do another one, uh, but run kind of three different Widowmaker tournaments for the Korean, North American, and European region, you know, because ping is such a huge factor um, in Widowmaker tournaments. But yeah, it's kind of just like a birthday celebration and do something different and fun on stream and an excuse to give some money back to some so some contenders players while they're trying to go pro. So yeah. You'll probably give them more money than they'll win the whole season. <laughs> oh, yes. that's riddle. So really, Jane, you are supporting Overwatch more than anything we ever do. So happy birthday. Thank you so much for your contribution. The contenders players' salary so they could eat and pay rent, part of their rent. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think if there if there's any contenders player out there not streaming, I think they're doing themselves a complete disservice. Like, you know, I 
I'm a pretty frugal individual. I kind of just do what I need. But now I've, I'm getting so much support through my Twitch and my YouTube. I have no idea what to do with it. So I'm just going to be like, give and just take this back. Good guy, just, Jane. You're doing wow. great. No, you're doing, doing great things for the community. Man. First two off the watch. So for sure. For sure. Um, just, just wanted to cover a couple of the events coming up uh this uh this next couple of months um uh, i've found it kind of hard to track down all of this information surprisingly so so I, I i went ahead and put together a little calendar for you guys obviously the overwatch world cup out of incheon korea finishes this weekend tonight and tomorrow night will be the next two nights for the overwatch world cup uh that stage i will be wrapping up uh jane's widowmaker tournament is coming up also tomorrow and um, then the next big event is the All-Star Weekend, which is August 25th through 26th. September 7th through 9th will be Overwatch World Cup in Los Angeles and also the Contenders NA Finals. I think it's pretty cool that they did that. The next weekend is the, is the Contenders Pacific Region Finals, also Overwatch World Cup Bangkok. Then the next weekend after that will be Contenders EU and Overwatch World Cup Paris. Uh, so that's kind of like the slate of competitive Overwatch that you've got these next two months. And then there's absolutely nothing in all of October um, until until BlizzCon. Uh, basically, BlizzCon is the next thing after that. But we basically have Premier Overwatch to watch every single weekend for the next uh, month, uh, a little bit over a month of nice Overwatch games. So make sure to tune in and support the Overwatch World Cup uh, among everything else going on. Um, and then with that, I think that wraps up the show. We got through a ton in this episode. Definitely want to uh, give a big thanks to our guests, Slasher and Jane, for both being first-timers. Um, you guys want to throw anything in, any plugs before we before we wrap things up? Uh, no, I had fun. Thanks for the invite. Slasher, I look forward to the 1v1. <laughs> Dude, we, 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 we you know what? Any, any time, any place? Show match, man. Ooh. You got to so, plug so out that show match right there. We, we could... We could we could do a whole bunch of heroes. We're gonna have, to have a beer first or two, just to make. <laughs> I mean, uh, for sure, that would be that Are would you be great. It, the, the North American group stage. I uh, maybe. Okay, if you're there, let me know. I'll buy you a beer, and then I'll own you on land too, because <laughs> it'll be yeah, keep much easier on land. Thinking that one. Somebody's saying you guys should just do it right now. I don't know. <laughs> what, 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 what is a hero pool? Jane. Everything. Every yeah, okay. That's what pro players tell me. You know, I can play everything, you know. You put me on this and this and this and we'll win the Overwatch League, I swear. And I'm like, you know what? No. No, you can't. No, you can't, Jane. That's that's a respectable answer. I respect that. All right, Rod. You wanna do some shout outs? Um yeah. Um I shit post on Twitter. <laughs> A lot right now um, at Slasher. That's <laughs> Makes a living from it too. <laughs> my most significant contribution currently. Um, you know, not, nothing much is going on in the world though, at at any time. So it's really kind of boring most of the time. Um, and and then that's it. Uh, I really got to make sure that this is the season that I don't hit masters. I've been GM in ten of the eleven seasons, and that I'm really upset that I haven't been able to play. So I need to get myself. Good luck. You have like ten days. 
I'm in the yeah, same boat. I, be, I'm like mid masters right now. That's I can't believe that I'm the same rank as you. Like that really hurts me. <laughs> you know, maybe we should one v one. Oh, oh my god, dude! I'll probably just end it. I'll, I'll end it, or I'll leave the community if I lose to Ben. Fucking little on Jane. <laughs> All right, we have to play now. Okay. <laughs> I feel I feel like like a, a bet's going on here, or. Or uh, what, what, what uh, do you call it? Do, um, money matches money going match. on here. Yeah, exactly. So the only thing I'll say is that um, I'm going to be opening the professional Overwatch Discord rather soon. So if anyone's oh, for to invite, yeah, you can ask Are me. Are you going to let me in it? Oh, yeah, that's right. I kick Chris. Um, <laughs> but if you don't know, I that's criticize our, our host, Chris, here, because whenever he has Blizzard oh, employees on, he gives the fluffiest <laughs> interview of all time. Him and Ben. Of course, it had to come <laughs> up. It, had to it come comes up, up on just, air? Just, really, Rod? Okay. It, all right. It was good that you mentioned you it, that I, I, I have to ban you. But we, we've made up. We've made up. Um, I don't expect it to be a good interview if a wizard person comes back on here, but I understand that, and I, I've come to peace with that. Abort the show. And that's all the time. And that's all we have to talk about. The overview. Ben, Ben, shout out. Uh, just watch, oh, just watch World Cup. Uh, viewership was okay. It was like 70k, but uh, I want to see... It's like 2 a.m. in the morning. I mean, it's like... Oh, yeah, who cares? Watch you know, it anyway. It's tough, yeah. Agree. Yeah, I'd say same thing. Yeah, try to, at least watch the vods. If you can't watch the things live, watch the vods right when you wake up because they, they pretty much ends right when you wake up, so you won't be missing too much. Or at least you don't we won't get too many spoilers on Reddit. Um, but thanks to Jane and Slasher for coming on. Ben, of course, for doing the show all the time. Everybody for coming and watching after we've been uh, away for like three months now. <laughs> thanks for you know uh, staying with us and all the folks at, at the grand finals too that like came up to me and said that how much they they love the overview and or even just how much the overviews helped them even get into the scene so like that's really amazing and awesome and really appreciate it, it keeps us doing the show uh but that's gonna be it guys you can find the vods on youtube.com slash and we're obviously on audio channels too so itunes google play and spotify but uh that's gonna be it for the overview this week so for jane slasher myself or in Fish Sticks and myself, Chamon we'll see you next week. Or maybe not next week. Whenever we, we're on. Yeah. Whenever. Yeah. Whenever. Later.